for me, photography was a snapshot into your life that you can revisit. And because you have photo- photographs, you're actually keeping that memory alive. So for me, that was kind of more about capturing those special moments, not necessarily like aesthetically. It wasn't something like, oh, it looks pretty. I want to take photo of this. It's more, oh, it's such a good moment. I want to remember it. So I took a photo. Hello, beautiful people. Wish you all a very happy new year 2024. I hope you click the best photographs of your life this year. After a bit of a longish break, I am back for the first episode of the new year, episode number 44. I can't wait to connect with photographers and image makers that I admire around the world for this year's set of episodes. For this episode, I caught up with photographer Tatiana Harper. She's based in Auckland. Tatiana specializes in lifestyle photography and she's originally from Latvia. She also dabbles in film photography. It is a fun conversation and without further ado, let's get into episode number 44. Hi Tatiana, thanks for accepting my invite and coming on the Photo Country podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome and thank you for having me on the podcast. So, so let's start at the beginning. I know that you got started in photography early on through your father and it is your passion. So, curious to know how you got started in the photography journey. Sounds good, yeah. So, I was born in Latvia in the 80s. So, it's actually, yeah, so I spent quite a long time in Latvia. So, actually 20 years growing up there. And my dad was a photographer. He was an enthusiast. So, at the, I'm back at home, like back in Latvia, you are not a photographer unless you have like specific qualification, have a studio and have a business. You're not called a photographer unless you have all those things. So my dad was an enthusiast photographer. So he had the camera, he had the dark room, he had like passion for photography, but he wasn't like doing it as a business. Like he were, he's an engineer. So my dad is still, he's here now in New Zealand with me. But so yeah, so growing up in the 80s, I basically was born into photography because my dad was taking so many photos of me and my brother growing up. And so when I was about 11, because I always used to process the photos with my dad in the darkroom because he would be like sitting in the darkroom doing all the processing. And I was a very curious child. I was like, what is this? I want to see. I want to see this magic of how the photos appear on the paper. And so I've been given the first camera, which I have with me. So it's a very old school. It's film, black and white, Lomo. This is my first camera. I still have it. I remember it was just kind of like officially was given the camera then so I can take my own photos. And then I started processing them with my first with my dad's help and then just kind of got a hang of but myself over the dark room. And so I really loved the photography. It's something that I always enjoyed. So it's yeah, so that was kind of where I started in terms of photography. So when you started, what kind of photography were you into? Were portraits and people your passion all along or were there other genres that you were experimenting in? So I took photos of my friends. So for example, if my friends would come to my birthday party or they come to just visit, so I'll take photos of my friends just kind of like, yeah, that's, that's us sitting there, you know, having a fun, good time. Or like things of, for example, the badge, I would just take photos of the beach or something that I like to remember because for me, Photography was a snapshot into your life that you can revisit. And because you have photo- photographs, you're actually keeping that memory alive. So for me, that was kind of more of capturing those special moments, 
not necessarily like aesthetically. This, it wasn't something like, oh, it looks pretty. I want to take a photo of this. It's more like, oh, it's such a good moment. I want to remember it. So I took a photo. We have cell phones nowadays for this, but back in the day, back in the 80s, you didn't have cell phones. So camera was fantastic to have. Interesting. So how did you learn all these skills and uh, do you still develop these photographs yourself? Can you just take us through how this learning happened? I, I can imagine, you know, living in Latvia those days must not have too many opportunities. Mostly you probably would have been self-taught. So yeah, so tell us that story. Yeah, well, when I was about 14, I started doing it by myself. But before that, I was always with my dad, so I knew the process of the, you know, the progression of chemicals. If you ask me now, probably I, I haven't practiced for so long that I probably will be like, I have no idea. I don't remember how to make those chemicals or anything. But back in the day, I knew exactly where it's going and what you need to do, the times, how do you time it, everything. So it was really, it was really technical, but I'm a technical person. Like for me, it was not a problem to follow technical steps. So back in the day, because it was still Soviet times, Soviet, Soviet Union, we had, we didn't have a photography. Photography was maybe a club. So you can't be a part of the club of photography, but I didn't know anybody who did photography. Besides, I had my own club at home. Like I could do it with my dad any day. So for me, it was like, oh, I don't need to do it. So I didn't study it. I had a few books. That I kind of like, kind of taught me some of the like relationship between the ISO, like at the time it was a film, how fast the film is, and with like aperture and shutter speed. So it's kind of like that those relationships I learned later because, because in the beginning I was just playing with it as of like I've learned by experimenting. And that's, I found it was the best way because it was just something I knew that oh, I, to achieve a certain shot, I needed to do. X, Y, and Z. And I was like, oh yeah, this is usually turn up to be good. But yeah, I had a lot of duds, trust me. I had a lot of film roles that were overexposed or underexposed or you can't even tell what it is. But that's the best way to learn. Costly sometimes because you're just like, oh, I do want to buy another roll of film. But it was, yeah, it was a great time before digital era. So I really had a lot of fun taking photos on film. And that, that love never went away. So even with the digital era, I really enjoyed it because it was like, oh, you can see straight away the photo. And for me, it was like magic. I don't have to wait and I have to develop it. But after a while, it's like something was missing for me. I was just like, I really miss the waiting. The, I miss the graininess of the photos. I've missed the colors because a lot of like, yeah, you've got a lot of filters and uh, processing things like processing apps and everything but it just really was really nice to know that each film would have a different tone and so it's just yeah it was really something special about it so uh, actually 2009 I went back to film so I actually took my took at that point I was already already in New Zealand and I was working as an accountant, trust me. So it was nothing to do with photography. And I was just doing, I always had digital cameras with me here. But then I saw a course on a darkroom photography course. And I was really, it was a Southern college, you know, like one of the schools there had their darkroom. So they just did adult classes for photography. So I went along and I loved it because, and the teacher loved me. And I was like, oh, well, she knows everything. So you just, if you've got any questions, you can ask the teacher or me. We can show each other. 
how to do it. And that's where my love for film photography started again. So I am a huge enthusiast of film at the moment. Like I take a lot. I do have a separate Instagram account just for film. But um, yeah, I do still digital because digital is more like a job, I would say. But my play and my experimenting with light and experimenting with expired film and all this, it's, it's all it's all film. So you mentioned that you started out as, as an accountant in New Zealand. So how did you transition from being an accountant in the corporate world to having your own photography business? So I started my business in 2014. It was a very interesting story in the sense that I I was in a commercial setting and as an accountant and business analyst. So I've, I've been working in commercial landscape for a while. And then I just hit the wall. I had a burnout. I had a severe burnout. I couldn't actually do that job anymore in the office nine to five. So I quit. One of my friends at the time, because they know me that I always have a camera in my hand. He made a very snarky remark. It was just a, it was a joke. He's like, oh, you quit and become photographer like everybody else. And I was like, well, no, actually, I am just, I'm just quitting corporate. I just want to go and do something else. I didn't know at the time what I would be doing. But guess what? Two days later, I was like, photography. And honestly, oh my born. Like I set up my company. I've set up my business. Like a friend of mine created me a logo and that was it. I was like, okay, I'm a photographer now. But as with any business, when you're starting out, it takes a lot of yards to just do a lot of jobs for, not just for free, but it's as a training ground as well. So you just kind of try to do different things and see which one you actually like. And because I'm a photographer who enjoys photographing people, it's something I always enjoy. It was for me a no-brainer to kind of focus on photography that involves people. So I didn't go into product photography because I'm not, it's not my passion. I'm not interested in it. But with people like, for example, events, if people wanted events, for me, it was natural because I'm non-drinker. For me, when I used to come to any parties, I would just bring a camera because it's something that like, it gives me something to do. And I, people don't ask me, why don't, you, why don't you drink? And I was like, I don't have to go into that. So I can just be a photographer for the night. And that's why the transition was easy because event photography was something that I just slotted into. But on top of that, under event photography, it's like weddings and stuff. But again, you kind of get hired by your friends mainly to start with because nobody really knows you. Like you don't have a presence out there. And like you said earlier when we chatted, that the business, the market is so saturated that to get ahead in photography is really hard. So I found it, I found it the hard way. So I couldn't do photography to start with as a full time. So I did, well, I, I was trying to do it full time. So I did it for a year and I just realized I can't survive. Like we had a mortgage at the time and everything. I was like, there's no way I can live on this comfortably. And because I'm like, yeah, so it was just really hard to navigate that space. And at that time it was already saturated market was photographers i was walking into with a lot of people like what well, are you becoming a photographer like everybody else well i was so so it was really hard but it just so i had to go back and i did alongside my photography i always did something else like i went back to business analyst but i did it as a contract as a part-time so i still do it that's why you met me through the gallery so i my husband and i we run a gallery in Titirangi as in the co-directors. 
So this is kind of like my main focus. And then I do also one day of accounting for one company and then the rest of it. So now I have more days off to do photography. So, and, and I do still get jobs. It's interesting because after a while, but it's now what we almost 10 years in my business. Now I don't have to advertise. Like people do know me by word of mouth or what kind of jobs I do, what kind of photography I do. And so they recommend me to friends. And so I get a lot of recommendations, which is, which is quite a good. So I don't have to spend money on advertising. And I, I think I've tried for a while and I just realized like if you do specials and stuff, it just doesn't work because people then want sit at that rate at the special rate. So you just like, nah, I would rather just wait for people who recognize what I do. And I was like, no, actually we want your style because it's a really good landscape for people who hiring photographers because there is so much diversity in terms of photographers and our styles out there that as a consumer, as a customer, you can choose any photographer that suits your style rather than saying like, when people come to me and say, oh, we want you to take photos of such and such, say family photography, but we want it in the style and they show me the style. I was like, guys, this is not my style at all. Like, I know a lot of photographers who do that style. That's a, a really inspiring story, Tatiana. Thanks for sharing that. Talking about the business side of things, I have always been curious about how one builds the photography brand in the market and attract clientele, which you have successfully done. Did this process happen organically for you? Usually I do have quite a lot of photographers. We, we meet each other as we you know, do business together because we're like, you will have interlaps of weddings because I did quite a while. So for a while in my early days of photography business, I took photos alongside a very well-known wedding photographer at the time, Jeremy Hill. Like he's at the moment, I think he, he's not in Auckland anymore, but he was really at that time. So we talked 10 years ago, nine years ago, he was huge in terms of a lot of people, like he had a lot of clients, but because he had big weddings, he needed the second shooter. And I've known Jeremy from way back. And when I approached him, because when I started my business, I just wanted some tips. So I was like, what do I do? Well, I approached him and he actually said, it was like, would you be interested in being a like, second shooter for weddings? For me, it was perfect, perfect to do because I get to learn of how weddings work in terms of progression like in terms of what you actually do how the clients expect you to handle things like how big or small the weddings are and so during that weddings you meet videographers you meet other photographers it's kind of like the hub or events when you do events it's even big, bigger because like different parties hire their own photographers like you might be an event photographer but then maybe one of the brands want their photographer to be there to take photos for them so you just kind of like chat to people and it's help, helpful to be chatty. Like it's actually because personality matters in photography because it's a people facing. Well, I guess for me, because I'm people facing in terms of its events and people mainly, I guess if I was a product photographer, I do have a product photographer. She's awesome. And she does food photography. She's, she's got a lot of clients and she hardly ever see anybody because she just does her things at home, like with, with her gear by herself. And she loves it that way. For me, it's just, I love the people aspect. So when I'm, yeah, so I'm that kind of photographer. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying this episode. If you like this podcast, please do share it with friends and family. 
Don't forget to subscribe to my Substack newsletter. That's photocountry.substack.com. Now back to the episode. So did you try other genres before settling in on lifestyle, people and events as your niche? Yes, it was something that I just realized I was the best at. Because for the first year, I tried everything. So I've tried product shots. I've tried, I, I still do product photography, but it's only like usually a specific style. So I tried all sorts of photography. I tried to kind of staging. I just realized I wasn't really good at staging. I, I tried because some, some of my friends were fashion photography and they use a lot of flash. You use it a lot of different gear, like studio lighting. And I've tried it and I was like, oh, well, I, I didn't enjoy it. Like for me, that process was kind of like stopping me from enjoying it as well or like knowing. And then I figured it out what I was good at. So I realized I was like, I actually really good at you just give me a camera and send me off and I can find the good lighting and I usually find a good moment. So with my style of photographing, when I take people for say family shoot or lifestyle shoot, I give them minimal guidance. I give them like an overall guidance and hey, we're going to have it in this style. So I will be away from you. Like I wouldn't be in your face unless I need to use a very short lens. And so I just will be in your face for a little bit. But Try not to think of me being there and being the moment. So I'm just capturing the moments rather than a specific pose because I just, yeah, realize people don't enjoy posing unless they are in a fashion business or when they know how to pose because there's a specific thing that, you know, people can pose. Majority of everyday people like myself as well, because I don't like being posed because it feels stiff. You just, you'll be posed and you just sit there. I know I don't feel comfortable and it shows on film. And that's what I always tell my clients. I was like, if you are not comfortable right now, when you get the photos, you will see that you're not comfortable. So I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be yourself because we're trying to build memories here and not, oh man, I really didn't like that shoot because I was sore and I was like uncomfortable. I didn't like it. So for me, it's that whole experience that matter. So that was intentional. And natural light... It was another thing because, yeah, I did try studio photography. I did try, I did have flash. I did play with flash in terms of bouncing it off the surfaces because it's actually could be helpful. But then I realized like one of the weddings that was actually on a wedding that I've learned that I'm actually really good at shooting and I know how to set up my gear that I can still have a really good shot, but will have the ambience of the place because the flash, it distorts it. So flash makes it all brighter and you do need it in certain sense, like again, magazines and fashion, they mostly want you to kind of light up everything. But there's a wedding. I do think it's more about how it feels on the day. And I, when I took the photos with Jeremy, one, one day my, my flash stopped, stopped working in the middle of it. And I was like, well, I have to figure it out how to shoot the rest of the wedding. And we got, we're going into the evening. It's okay. Let me see what I can do. And I've produced really nice results. Even Jeremy was like, hey, you know, like it's apparently it's a style now. It's, you know, this, the whole documentary, documentary style. And it's like candid, candid style. And I was like, yeah, well, I guess candid style suits me because I know how to do it. And I don't have to like worry about my flash not firing because that's one another thing. Because with the, when you're shooting, you really do want to make sure your gear is reliable. And for me, the cameras were always okay. Like I've never had an issue with malfunctioning with the cameras because they are robust. But lighting is something that I was like something light bulb 
light bulb blown or something else or it's just not talking to the camera or whatever it might be. I think it was just like, I don't need that stress, especially like with the big events. So that was that was kind of like trial and error. I guess it's not really intentional in the sense that I've chosen it. I do like aesthetically, like I do when I look at the photos that I take with flash and without a flash. I definitely prefer the photos without a flash because that suits my style as of what I prefer. But that's why I'm saying, like, you know, people can choose that and so I like your style rather than I know some photographers who do use flash and I'm happy to refer because I've got a few friends who are photographers as well. So it's good. It's good for all of us. I would rather pass you on to somebody who does that style than try to do that style. Yeah, I agree with your viewpoint. Ultimately, it's about making the client happy and it makes sense to stick to your style that you're comfortable in. Because that's why you were hired in the first place, because the customer liked the style of photography that you do. Oh, I, I do think so. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why, because I will be unhappy because I do in my line of business, in our line of business as a photographers, we do want to make sure that the client is happy and that they will come back for more or they will refer you. So if the client's not happy, it's just not helpful for anybody. It's not helpful for me. It's not helpful for them. But also, yeah, i I found that the fit is very important. And so for the big things like weddings, I usually always encourage people to catch up first so they can see me, so we can chat, so we can see my style. And I usually, that's why when I do packages, I do when you get a wedding, you get 50% of lifestyle. So you can do like engagement shoot or you can do just even just take them somewhere and we can take them photos so they can get a feel for what kind of photographer I am. And then they can then tell, I was like, oh, actually, I would like this person at my wedding with me the whole day because as a photographer, you're there with the couple the whole day. So if you're not the really right fit for the couple, they will be like, I really did not enjoy it. The photographer was really demanding or bossy or I didn't, I didn't like it. And documentary style in that respect, especially for the weddings, I, there are some staging. So there are some shots that you was like, oh, let's try this because the couple's usually I want to try this shot. I was like, okay, let's let's do this. So I will try to pose them if they want a certain shot. But majority of it, I just let them go. And it's my responsibility to make sure finding those moments to photograph and have a good set of photos that tells a story. You know, sometimes I feel that the market in New Zealand is oversaturated with just too many photographers. Uh, that's one of the reasons I'm sort of hesitant to go commercial. Personally, in such a situation... How do you survive and grow? It's definitely too many photographers because at some point there was a, like a boom. Like I do remember, I think with digital photography, because of accessibility of digital cameras, you can tell, so you can take a shot and see straight away how you're going. So a lot of people are having a go at doing this and they're taking it straight to being it as a business model. And I do think in New Zealand, because we are tiny and the market is oversaturated. And because there were some heavyweights in photography that they've been doing it for a long time. So they started a bit earlier before the whole boom, it became fashionable, I guess, as for a while. Hence, my friend was telling me that I'm becoming a photographer like everybody else. Because at that time, like in 2012, 13, 14, whole range like of people who become the photographers. Like I, I saw people in different, you know, they different backgrounds in terms of what they did as a jobs. And then all of a sudden they, they are photography and they've got photography business. And I was like, oh, too much competition. <laughs> like, come on. But I just stuck it out because something, it's for a while, I like kind of, it's not 
like I had to put it on back burner. I still always took photos, but I just, yeah, it was really disheartening at some stages. And trust me, it was moments where I was like, I don't even enjoy taking photos anymore because it's just so hard. Because every time I faced with it, I was almost faced with the failure, with the failure factors. Like I did not make it as a photographer in the first five years or something. But then I realized, I asked my question, what would I do if money was not an object? For example, I won lotto. Would I still be a photographer? Answer was absolutely. It's not something I do for money at all. But money now, it's, it's a good incentive because it's something that, yeah, it's, it's, really, it's a really nice way of making money because I enjoy it so much. So it's like, it's kind of a win-win. Then again, it only happened because I had friends who needed a photographer and then I showed them that I was good. And so they started to hire me more. Yeah. So five years, that was, first five years was really hard. And then it was just like, okay, I've established myself in the sense that I've got enough portfolio to show that I can do things. So yeah, first five years is always really hard. And that's why I was very naive. I thought it would just happen. No. Even now I'm looking at it, I'm coming back to doing more photography because for a while I was actually, I was a photographer for Media Works, but I was taking, it was all, I did it for money because it was consistent. So I was taking photos of their billboards, not for advertising on to go to billboards, but actual like taking photos of billboards with advertising playing on it with like traffic and stuff. So I'm really good with camera now. Like I now know any camera inside out. So it was a good training. But after a while, I'm just like, I need to do something else. Yeah. But the media works job that you did was a bit out of your comfort zone, wasn't it? What were the adjustments that you had to do for this job? I took the media works job for photographing billboards because it's completely out of my style. It's not my style at all. I know that there's a, there's a few photographers who used to do their that kind of job as professionals and that's their style. Everything's in focus. It's kind of like your aperture is just tiny. So it's like everything is in focus. And this is not my style at all. If anything, my all of my as open as possible. F 1.4, it's like perfect, you know, like as blurry as possible. So it was really, really kind of interesting adjustment. But then I realized I can still do that as well. So now if people come to me and like, I want a specific job, like if it's a really interesting job, like if it's something that I would be like, oh, actually, I want to be part of this, I would take it. In the past, I wouldn't. I would be like, man, not my style. So you do, you do encounter like development in terms of like your own style, even nine years on. Well, I started this job like three years ago. Are you doing other types of commercial photography apart from lifestyle people and events? To be honest with the commercial side, so I'm still focusing on people a lot. So when people come to me for commercial, they want to, for example, I did it quite a lot for skills organization at the time. So I think they've rebranded and they are now called something else. But for a while, I used to go to construction sites and taking photos of trainees on the jobs because they wanted that style of photography. They wanted documentary style because they needed it for brochures and everything. So I was a perfect fit for that. And so jobs like this exist. So, but for example, if someone says I've perfume that I need to take photos of, I would not go for that job because I just know that it requires different skill set. Even though I can't problem solve and do it, I don't want to. I've got a luxury. I've got to actually, I have to say, because I've got three jobs, three different jobs, I've got a luxury of picking and choosing. Like I've got a luxury of saying no to some jobs because I just know it wouldn't be something that I would enjoy. 
And But I guess there's a lot of photographers who chose to do photography as a 100% of their work time. And that's why, because within their photography work, it would be different compartments that they kind of like can branch out and do things. For me, I just do three different completely jobs, like being a gallery manager is one one job that I do. And I'm very much an artist-facing job. So there's an accounting job, which paid the bills, which is awesome because I've got really good skills that I can do one day of accounting and it's actually quite good. And then the rest is my photography. So I can just choose which jobs I get. And that's a nice place to be. And I have to say a lot of photographers, they might not have that luxury. Fortunately for me, I can. So let's talk about your uh, gear and length choices. I'm curious to know as a, as a lifestyle and people and events photographer, what determines your lens choice? You know, I'm curious to know, like, why you choose the lens and what made you choose those lenses? Well, to be honest, I love primes only because I can open them up as much as possible. So the the standard one, nifty 50, 50 mil, I love because also there's there's a few advantages to it. So 50 mil, usually you can get 1.4, 1.2, some 1.2. I can't afford that one yet, but that's okay. Maybe one day, 1.4, 1.8. So you can open it up and have a lot of blur from the background, which I love. Uh, also, it's the human eye. That's how the human eye sees. So most of it, you actually take some photos on 15, you will notice that most of the lines are actually straight. So I don't have to adjust them. So I know I can do it in post. So it's not going to be like this or like this. It's actually more like distor- no distortion. And so when for portrait show, because I love photographing people, 50 mil, it's perfect for that because you just, yeah, it's, it's perfect in, in a lot of ways. But also my other favorite lens for events and weddings, it's the portrait lens, which is 70 to 200, 2.8. This is perfect for me for events because that can be far enough, but I still get really beautiful blur and I really kind of like, yeah, it's quite sharp as well. Those two are my favorite lenses. So those two I use for everything. So usually for weddings, I have a harness, which is like a, like a harness with two ca- cameras. So one camera would have my 50 mil and one camera will have 70 to 200. So it covers all the ranges. Doesn't have a wide angle. I do have separate, like I bring it with me usually for for a wedding shot. They want all the bridal party and everybody. I use it like once or twice, which is the, again, 28 wide, wider, not super wide, but it's wider angle just for those shots. But majority of my photography, either 50 mil or 70 to 200 mil. Your forte is lifestyle, portraiture, and events. It's kind of the go-to genre for your commercial photography. Is there any other genres that you would like to specialize in the future? Or and the other thing I want to know is why this genre is so comfortable for you? So my favorite would be lifestyle photography because it's something, it's a relaxed day. So it, lifestyle photography can be engagement shoot. It can be pregnancy shoot. It can be family shoot, but not like with a lot of people. Like you say, it's a small family, like a couple or like a couple and a couple of kids. And it's usually the whole, it's like the whole day doing something enjoyable. So I usually take them to a nice place. And it's like, I usually ask if they have a favorite place, we'll go there. And they will just kind of be the really nice, relaxed couple of hours. And because it's quiet, I purposely allow for that, for that specific style quite a lot of 
hours so they can change gear if they want to they can you know they can change location as well like at least once if you've got i've got some nice places in motorway i'm not sure actually at the moment it's got access or not should should still have but you've got a beautiful forest with like beautiful long grass but also you've got a beach which is minutes away if that five minutes away so you can do two locations short a time and so usually those are my favorite and you get to just chat to them and people get relaxed and you just enjoy kind of like walking with friends they're not necessarily your friends but they become your friends at the end because they will be just chatting about things and um, so those are my favorite weddings are the most stressful one because all the photography styles they are have to be executed in a specific way and there's a lot of pressure to make sure you get the right shots because you've got like a list of shots that Every photographer should get like the first cast, the exchange of rings, they're walking down the aisle with parents, all that stuff. And it's really stressful because constantly as a photographer, you just, okay, I need to get this from, and from different angles, especially if you're one photographer. Sometimes I do have a second, second shooter, which makes photographers, like main photographers lives so much easier. So that's why my lifestyle photography, I enjoy the, ma- the most. So Tatiana, wrapping up this fun conversation that we've been having, what would be the one thing that you would like to say to budding photographers who want to enter the photography industry in New Zealand? Your closing thoughts. I've been a photographer for nine years. And one thing that I will recommend to all the budding photographers who do this, do it out of love for the photography. And I think that's why the right things will come, come into play. So... Be, yeah, experiment and keep trying different different things and see which ones you love the best and then just stick with that. That would be my thing that I will leave you with. Thank you, Rajiv. Thank you, Tatiana, for a fun conversation on photography. Don't forget to check out Tatiana's photography on Instagram. I will share her links in the show notes. As always, like, share and subscribe to this podcast on Substack. It is photocountry.substack.com. Thank you once again for sticking around till the end of this conversation. Till we meet again, stay safe and keep clicking.